And welcome to episode 32 of Women of the Wiggins. This is an exciting two-part, or I guess two-interview episode. Okay, let's go with that. I don't actually know what I'm calling it, but let's let's go with two-interview episode. There we go. I like that. All right, so this one is focused mostly on tarp sales. And also events, which is pretty exciting because it's covering the two tarp sales that have already happened. The tarp sales that are happening today that uh, are happening the day this is coming out. And then the final tarp sale that is happening in May. So we're going to start it off with our interview with Jackie Tomar, who is the manager of Lloyd X. Jackie and I sat down and chatted while I was in Lloyd for the North American Chuckwagon Championship tarp sale. And we just sat and chatted and it was a really interesting conversation because we went a little bit further than just the basic uh, show up, do a quick two minute interview that you would see on the news and then go away. We actually talked about like her relationship with the wagons and how much she wants to, you know, push the sport forward and her views on, you know, things that have come up in the past year. So here's my interview with Jackie Tomeyer. And we are here with Jackie Tomeyer. How are you doing today, Jackie? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm excited that we're starting Chuck Wagon season. Yes, it, uh, the winter seemed long, but but already we're here again, and which we're we're really excited too to get the wagons back on the track. Perfect. I kind of want to go back a little bit because you guys have been involved in the CPCA wagons for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Lloyd X has, mm-hmm. and last year, not even last year, it was last spring. It was announced that the North American Chuck Wagon Championship was coming to Lloyd. How did that? happen. Mm-hmm. That was the kind of the will of a few chuck wagon drivers that were supposed to go to Calgary Stampede and then no fault of anyone's that didn't happen. The, the pandemic just took us all out almost, right? Um, there was just too much risk to try and hold a live event last summer. So we said, well, why can't we do it here? Saskatchewan was a little bit more relaxed on some of the rules and we felt that that, that was going to happen. So we decided to do a standalone event that would combine CPCA drivers with WPCA drivers and give them a place to race for a big show, for big money, past where Calgary was going to not have CPCA drivers involved anymore. You know, it was planning for the future with an immediate need for an event last summer to keep wagons, you know, on the road. I love how you say it was planning for the future because I think that's a really important part of the sport. It, like you said, money's involved, so sponsorship is always a big thing when it comes to, you know, holding this sort of event. Do you mind talking about that and kind of like the process that you guys went through to reach out to the community, the support you got, how that all happened? Yeah, the community of Czech Wagons is mostly about sponsors, right, and getting people here to enjoy the races. It is not inexpensive sport to go down the road with, and the drivers need the support and the venues need the support. Um, gate admission alone does not cover the expenses that come with putting on three days, five days, nine, ten days of, of wagon racing. So 
we quickly mobilized in June when restrictions, we knew that restrictions were going to be lifted to talk to sponsors. And we had some great ones just come on board immediately. They were looking for somewhere to take their customers, to take their employees, to get involved with something and to have their name attached to something that they could see the future of and see that it was important to the to the economy and to Lloydminster and to wagon racing. Moving forward, you guys have the NACC and then you have the CPCA finals. What all goes on behind the scenes when it comes to getting your facility ready to host the check wagons? Yeah, so we start uh, as soon as we can pretty much on the track. Our volunteer track committee gets working the track. Um, we peel off almost the entire top layer of the track, make sure our base is solid and doesn't have any holes punched into it and then lay the track back down across it and just groom it until and then behind the scenes the administration of of talking to sponsors getting people on board uh, making sure that ticketing is proper and credentials and you know we're going to have the infrastructure to host 36 wagons you know there's a lot of shavings and water and porta potties and crowd control and making sure that people are safe, making sure your grandstand is safe. You know, you just got to take it one day at a time and make sure that you're just prepared as you can be to welcome. You know, we welcome anywhere between two and 3,000 fans a day to watch our wagon races here in Lloydminster and make sure that everyone's safe and has a good time. You know, whether that's lining up the pre-race, ter- you know, entertainment and trick riders or um, we had Joel Liebert here with his buffalo a couple years ago and that was fun and and booking entertainment for you know the beer gardens or cabarets and that sort of thing so yeah there's a lot of planning that goes into it and then you know we try to make the drivers as comfortable and their barn as comfortable as they can be while they're here because the more comfortable they and their horses are the better the racing is going to be and uh, then we make sure our guest experience is, is top notch too when you walk through the gates you're going to have a good time watching the wagons totally different question something more a little fun do you know how much beer you go through we do go through a lot of beer um and i don't know any numbers off the top of my head but you know it's flats of kegs and then we also um you know dozens and dozens of 24 packs of of cans of beer too last year uh the white claws we couldn't almost keep them in stock we were going back almost every day to buy white claws and uh, and the teas, all the different teas that you can get. So yeah, people people enjoy having a good time at, at the wagon racing. So I feel like that trying to keep the alcohol in stock is almost the hardest part. Yeah, it's it can be a challenge, and you know, and we keep it at temperature, right? So we have to have a big reefer on on site. And a couple years ago, we had an incident where we uh, the reefer went on the fritz and froze a bunch of kegs of beer. So we now install a Wi-Fi thermometer thing that will alert us if things are going wonky so we can catch it beforehand. But yeah, that was a lesson in, in uh, and, and thank goodness we had good insurance because they covered the, the loss of the beer. But, you know, all those logistics that you maybe don't think about go into the behind the scenes to, you know, when you walk up to the gates and pay your $20, $25, whatever it is. Um, there was a lot of behind the scenes hours to, to do that. So how do, let's talk a little bit about, you know, days of and how the days of racing goes, because guys like to do their morning runs. They like to, you know, train. Um, It's really important for outriders that they can have those morning runs. So how does your facility, if it's a day of the race, how does Lloyd Exhibition kind of plan that? Yeah, we 
Uh, me specifically or my ops manager, we're here super early on race days, usually anywhere between six and seven. We open the track usually between eight and 10 in the morning. We, we have track time. We keep it locked down outside those hours so that we don't have, you know, side-by-sides or trucks or anything on the track. We're very particular about that. So yeah, we usually have track time anywhere from, you know, it's usually two hours, seven to nine or, or eight to 10 type, type time frame. And then we just kind of get ready for the day. And by three or four o'clock, we're heading out to the grandstand. We're making sure that the day programs are done. We're putting ushers in place. We're putting our volunteers in place. We're making sure that everybody knows what they're doing, talking to our MCs, making sure that we have coolers of water out for the turn back barrier guys, especially if it's a really hot day. You know, they need they need the water jugs out there to help them. And, and uh, but yeah, it's a lot of, once you get the first day done, the rest of the days are pretty much the same. It's making sure that people have power and if they have issues, we're going to the barns. Last year, I know a couple times we had a water faucet in one of the guy's turnout pens and um, his one horse kept itching on it and, and, and you know, broke it apart a couple times that they phone and say, oh, we got a flood happening in our turnout pen. And so, you know, we'd have to send a maintenance guy down there to, to fix that up. So you never know what's going to happen, but uh, it's always... That's what I love about it. It's it's always the same, but it's always different. You know, I usually do a tour, try to hit the drivers before their mid-afternoon nap. And, and so around that one o'clock or noon and, and just do a bit of a tour, make sure everyone's kind of doing well and, and happy and and talk to some guys, visit some of the favorite horses. And and um, yeah, and then we, well, we, you know, open the gates around that five o'clock time and welcome the fans in and get the 50-50 selling and get the program selling and any pre-race entertainment we do and and uh, make sure that our our MCs and are good to go and yeah so let's get to know you a little bit more mm-hmm. so are you from the Lloyd area I am from Lloydminster born and raised um, here uh, I started at Lloyd X in 2018 just at the, in January started as the marketing manager here and loved it and and love to be involved in every event I have a bad case of FOMO so if if something's going on I'm usually around here and I try to incorporate my family as much as I can so that they're here as well and uh, yeah just uh, you know the pandemic has thrown a wrench into things but we've we've made it through and we're coming out the other side I think a lot healthier as an organization and a lot more focus on a few things that maybe we were just too busy to see before the pandemic so, you know, we, we've made some changes around here and we have new personnel. You know, we're heading into this year's check wagons and fair with a pretty rookie crew, but I'm very excited for them to see what a real fair is, what, what check wagons are, and, um, you know, to have a lot of fun this summer. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite memories of the wagons, you know, before being in the role that you are, maybe growing up or maybe, you know, as the marketing director? Mm-hmm. I have loved wagons my entire time and just getting to be behind the scenes is just one of the coolest experiences. You get to know the drivers on a quite an intimate level, which, you know, they're, they're friends of mine now, some of them. And I got to know their families, their wives, their kids. And, and I see what a family sport it is. And when they go on the road, their families go with them. Their barn hands are family. The outriders are family. You know, it is such a tight niche. Even though they're in competition with each other and they might yell at each other going down the backstretch and hate each other coming out of the barrels. If that guy broke down on the road, that guy, the next guy would be there to help them, you know, and do what they could. So... Um, I love that aspect of it. Some of my favorite memories are last last summer we had a couple drivers that trained here for a good 
few months before the season got started and then because of covid they kind of just hung out here all summer because we didn't have really any other activities going on so just being able to walk out back and pet a horse whenever i wanted and visit with some of those chuck wagon horses that you know they're they're like pets or some of them are like big dogs right so um but put a put them in harness and they're different beast and and i have a i have a horse crazy niece and being able to bring her along on this journey um with the chuck wagons is is pretty special um she's eight years old and you know she loves to come down and just watch them load into the to the trailers you know just load onto the liner she just so so you know having my family involved and getting to know the people has been most memorable to the sport for sure. I, I heard a quote once and it said, um, the most therapeutic thing is the hair of a horse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably like the truest, the truest statement I've ever heard, especially when it comes to the thoroughbreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. They, you know, when they're just hanging out in their pens, they're just, they're just so lovely. They just wander over to the fence and hang their head over and you can just pet them and snuzzle them. And they're just really great. Um, we did have a, a funny story last year during spring training, um, I kind of was just kind of glanced up at the security cameras and I saw that there were six thoroughbreds out in our front parking lot. And I was like, oh boy. So I ran out and and I have one of my board of directors with me and we ran out and we kind of hazed them to the back of the property. Well, at that point then, the whole entire pen of about 35 thoroughbreds were loose. And we're, you know, just, we're in town. So... They kind of ran around the property a bit. They never actually got out into town, but they did get out into a field. And then um, some of the barn hands that were staying on site with the horses got on a quad and hazed them back. And we got them trapped on the track. But that was just one of those memories that will live with me forever, seeing these 35 thoroughbreds just like teenage boys, all trying to outrun each other, having the best day of their life, running around the property. I really, really, really glad that nothing bad happened that day. No horses were hurt and no people were hurt and they didn't get into town. But they just had the best day of their life running around the property, and it's a good story to, to tell. At the time, it probably was a little bit yeah, of a heart it, attack. Yeah, it was. At the time, we were like, I don't know how this happened, and and uh, but no, it was it was uh, it was a pretty fun day after the fact once we got everybody caught and put back in the pens. <laughs> so, looking forward, are you, what is the hope for? not only the North American Chuck Wagon Championship, but for Lloyd X. Yeah, I mean, I Chuck Wagon Racing, in order to survive, we need to grow. We need to, it's not a you know inexpensive sport to get into. So we need these shows to survive and these show committees to have shows. So we need, we need two associations. We need the drivers to be mentoring young people. Um, so last year, I was very proud at the NACC that we had mentor heats. So we had six drivers that were able to compete three to a heat, um, get mentored by experienced drivers, and hopefully they can take that, what they learned, and take it forward, and they'll become mentors at some point too. So we need all the shows we can get. We need the young people involved. We need the families to stay involved. So that comes back to sponsorship and how important sponsorship is to this sport to help these people get down the road and continue to grow this Western heritage. So I hope the NACC thrives and produces nine days of thrilling action. Um, the last four days of the NACC overlap our annual fair, which is going to be a very cool experience that we're going to be able to unite the rural Western heritage lifestyle with the urban people that come to the fair and maybe have never seen a check wagon race before. Um, so we're really hoping that, that that is something that people be like, what's going on on the track over there? Holy 
this actually is a thing, right? And then Chuck Wagon Racing and Lloyd, you know, we have a, we're very proud of our track and um, we're just hoping to grow it and grow it. And we're starting to talk with our board about a new grandstand and, and new suites and new food services and things like that. So yeah, we are definitely hoping that Chuck Wagon is here for a long, long time and that the NACC is here for a long time and then our finals. Um, the whole season is very important to the communities that it goes to and then you know to, to finalize back here in Lloydminster. Our community really gets behind the Chuckwagon racing. Um, our businesses paint their windows. You know our western stores have sales and and that sort of thing so it's really it's really important to our community that that uh, Chuckwagon racing is thriving. The the horses need a place to go you know the if if we stop Chuckwagon racing there'd be hundreds of horses that wouldn't have a home after they're done on the racetrack. So there's horses that race until they're 22 years old. And that is just incredible to me. You know, if they, they end their life on the racetrack at four or five, six years old, and they don't have a place to go where they get to be fat and sassy all winter long and then get babied all summer long, you know, on the, on the tour, that's, you know, as any horse lover, that, that, is, that is paramount. So there's so much that surrounds check wagon racing that that we need in our economy, in our communities, and our and uh, it, it's very important. And as long as I'm here, it'll be very high priority that we have we have a good track, and we we have good people that that run it, and and uh, we attract really the best loyal, most loyal fans. So the whole reason we're here, I wish I could say we were here because the horses were outside and mm-hmm. we were going to watch them, and but we're on the other side, we're on the economic side. And we're here for a tarp sale for the North American Chuck Wagon Championship. And then in a few weeks, you have the Lloyd Finals uh, tarp sale as well. What goes into planning these tarp sales? And, you know, how important are they, in your opinion? They are very important. These drivers, again, need that sponsorship. But just as important it is, it's something very unique that the sponsors can get involved in. There's not very many sponsorships where you get to be a part of the action. And if you want to go down to the barn and help with chores... Your driver would definitely take the help. Um, you Go know, mix food, <laughs> right? There's so many things that that um, you know. We have a we have a sponsor um, here in our area. Well, he was a sponsor for years and years. He's now driving a wagon. He is a cool story. Um, and Jamie Tom Tom Trucking came every spring to our CPCA tarp sale and bought you know bought a tarp. And then and then one year he's like, I kind of want to get involved in this. And now I talked to Jamie last week, and I think he's got, I don't know, 38 thoroughbreds now that he's that he's going to be training, and he bought a bunch last fall, and and um, so, you know, he just loves the lifestyle so much, and and that's just a cool story of, of how you get flipped into, you know, and and you hear that all the time, you know, uh, Jamie Labacane, his sponsors have been around him, Dabco Tracking for years, you know, they love the lifestyle, they love the Labacane family, and Jamie does a really good job representing them, so. The relationship that the drivers can get with their sponsors is is so paramount to to this whole industry. And yeah, tonight we'll have a tarp sale. They get nine days of amazing coverage with their driver, and then they get the hosting opportunities to to host their guests, their customers, their employees, and give them that unique experience back in the barns. And we are excited to be on radio. Um, we're working with Cowboy Channel to syndicate some live coverage of the of the races. So it's going to be a cool experience that I know one of our sponsors last year, Scorpion Oilfield, um, 
they said they got some business out of BC, you know, just because they had a commercial on on the Cowboy Channel, and they were like, so they thought that was very, very cool. So yeah, I, th- I think I think tonight's tarp sale will be the first one. We didn't do one last year. We just kind of we threw it together kind of in six weeks, so it was just not an option. But we thought these guys are going to be here for nine days. They need the support. What can we do to support them? So. Planning a tarp sale isn't terribly difficult. You know, you get your list of drivers, you figure out an order, you market it, advertise it, and then it's an auction sale at the end of the day. A couple of years ago when, when Amber LaRue, it was her first year on the season, she didn't know what to expect. And, and she had a bidding war of three different sponsors that she did not kind of line up beforehand that wanted to buy her. And, and she came out of there, you know, very happy. So. You never know what's going to happen in an auction, but we hope that people will have fun. They'll want to get involved, and they'll have a fun summer with with their driver nine days anyway here at the NACC. You mentioned Cowboy Channel. Last year, what was it like to see your facility and this, you know, like you said, six-week brainchild uh, get put on kind of an international stage because Cowboy Channel can be watched anywhere. I mean, I have a subscription and I watched it while I was on the road last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, again, it came together so quickly um, that we were very excited to have our product on TV. And then through the winter, we've been meeting with them. How do we make it better? Because we're always striving to make it better. So I, th- I think we're going to be able to this year go live which, you know, we're not going to have that two-day delay anymore. So the people that can't come into the area will be able to watch their favorite driver from Pinoca or from Calgary or wherever. And um, we're excited. That partnership, I think, is going to work out for a long time. And um, it gives the Cowboy Channel great content to, you know, to, to air. And um, I think we, we work it into an hour and a half or two-hour show. And it's a pretty fun fun time to, to get into the... TV producing side of things. Um, <laughs> it's not something that we do a ton of here, but during COVID, we've sure done a lot more live streaming of things and we're getting used to that. We have a couple good partners that have come up and help us and they have screens and they have the audio and the video and, and they help us. So, um, you know, we're just a, we're just a nonprofit ag society, so we don't always have the resources, but we always know good people that, that can help us do that. And Cowboy Channel is, is one of those that, they quickly came on board, and we've been working with them through the winter to, to make it better. So um, we're hoping that we're going to be announcing soon that we're going to do live broadcasts, and, and this will be a bit of a sneak peek, we're hoping. So we're not quite there yet. Um, we're still doing some some beta tests to make sure that we're going to be able to deliver it, but uh, it's looking very promising. After the ninth exclusive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I'm so glad that we got to sit and chat. It, this kind of was a last minute thought mm-hmm. of mine, and I was so glad you were so open to, you know, talking about this with me. Is there anything that we didn't mention that you might want to talk about? No, I think, um, you know, in July or August, if you're bored, come come to Lloydminster. we got a great community that we can show you a good time and and we got some great entertainment lined up to go around the wagon racing and then we always know that the product on the track is good and we know we have a good safe track that the drivers can feel confident putting their best foot forward and yeah if any if if you're looking for a little holiday make sure you come to Leavenster. Thank you, Jackie, for joining me on Women of the Wagons. Now, that tarp sale has happened, and the grand total of that one was $963,000. So that is how much money was spent or bid during the North American Chuck Wagon Championship tarp sale. Now, 
this week we also had the Calgary Stampede Tarp Sale, which was the first one in two years. And there was just over $2.1 million spent on that tarp sale. Now that is down just over a million from the last sale that happened in 2019, but there's a few things to take into account when you look at that. The first one is we're down nine drivers. The Calgary Stampede went and made the decision that they were going down to three drivers per heat instead of four, and that meant that a driver was cut from each heat. So you lose those nine drivers revenue. Then you also look at the fact that we are coming out of a recession and coming out of, you know, COVID-19, out of a pandemic. We've been locked up. So there's different things to look at when you look at the money spent at the Calgary Stampede. It wasn't the most money they've ever had bid. So $2.1 million that was spread out throughout the 27 drivers that were there. Uh, Kurt Bensmiller did get the highest bid at $185,000 from Versatile Energy. And then Vern Nolan was the second highest bid and Jason Glass was the third. So those were your top three bids of the night. And then the lowest bid was $35,000. So that's quite a range when you look at it, $185,000 to $35,000 little bit of a range. Um, if you want to learn more about the North American Chuckwagon Championship tarp sale or the Calgary Stampede tarp sale, go check out our social media. There is the After the Ninth Race Review tarp sale edition. And exciting news, there will be another one going up tomorrow. Because when this episode airs, I'm on my way up to Grand Prairie. And they are hosting the Circle of the Wagons Gala and Tarp Sale. So that is going to be the third tarp sale of the year. At the same time, back in Lloydminster, they're holding the Canadian Professional Chuck Wagon Championship Tarp Sale. So there's two more tarp sales happening today, Thursday, which is the day this is airing. And then a month from now, or I guess technically three weeks from now, there will be the Pinocchio Stampede Tarp Sale. So there will be two more race reviews, tarp sale editions coming at you. Now, I know I told you this is a two-part episode or a two-interview episode. So the second interview is with Ryan and Marge, who are the founders of the Canadian Horse Expo, which also is taking place this weekend. So we connected over social media, chatted a little bit, and then decided to do a quick interview really to just talk more about another event that is promoting the equine world. So here's that interview. And I am on the line with Ryan and Marge from Horse Expo Canada. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Yeah, it's excellent. All right. How's setting up going? Is it is it going as smooth? Yeah, I mean, it, we only uh, started the setup today. I mean, Westfair Park's been working on putting up the uh, booth spaces and they built the arenas uh, a few days ago. And things are coming together real fast, but it, it's really exciting to be here and, and just see it all come together for the first ever Horse Expo. That's super exciting. Um, yeah. I kind of want to start about how did Horse Expo Canada kind of come to be? Well, we've um, we've always uh, been vendors at trade shows. Uh, we own Western Outfitters, so we've we've been at all of the um, previous um, expo type events. Not here, not just in Canada, no. but in the states too. Like we've been we've been around a few places. Yeah, we've been to Vegas and to Dallas, and when we heard that there wasn't going to be this type of an event again in Alberta, we 
we knew for our business um, as well as the other exhibitors that it was really important, as well as the attendees, because they always look forward to this type of an event to meet up with friends, learn new new ideas from trainers, and the trainers uh, show them that type of event has always been very popular. So I know that the public also really wanted this type of event. So we have produced similar type of events at smaller scale in the past, and we thought, well, why not give this one a try? Yeah. So is jump feet first, think later. <laughs> More or less, yeah, that's kind of how we roll here. We, uh, we decide, you know what, if something needs to happen, we're going to make it happen, right? What has been the biggest learning curve kind of going into this? Basically, for me, it's the sheer amount of actual work that needs to be done. And the amount of time, actually, the biggest thing is the amount of time spent on the phone. <laughs> and paperwork, yeah. a lot of paperwork. It's, um, it looks like it's not that big of a task to set up a schedule and get uh, clinicians and riders, but really it's, um, it is a, a huge task. But yeah, the, the people management of yeah. aspect of it is huge. Well, speaking of people management, you guys have quite an array of not only exhibitors, but different booths and people partaking. And it spans everywhere from the Western community to the English community to just those who love horses. So, I mean, that is quite interesting to me because I know that chuck wagons are, we do have a booth there this year. That's right. Yeah, we, we were actually pushing hard to try and get the uh, WPCA to come and have a booth at this, this event. And we hope next year it'll be even a bigger, better booth too. My uh, my husband has been a chuck wagon racer for, not anymore, but for probably over 30 years and um, in the pony chucks. And then he, um, he did a little bit of the thoroughbred, so he was really excited that um, that you guys were on board and having a booth with us. Who's your husband, Marsh? His, his name is Ron Schultz. He, um, we're from BC. Yeah, we're from BC. He was doing pony chucks there and he came out to Alberta quite a bit. And then he, um, he did a little stint on the Western, um, Chuck Wagon circuit. And then he, um, helped Lincoln Douglas on the, uh, WPCA trail for, for a couple of years. That's super exciting. I didn't know there was that connection. It's a small world in the horse world. It really is. So what are some of the highlights this weekend that you guys are looking the most forward to? Um, I think having these top-notch clinicians come, um, I'm really excited about that. Um, we've got Barb Schulte um, for cutting, and she's also doing like confidence series, sports psychology, um, which I find fascinating. Um, and we've got some Olympic athletes, Hugh Graham and Cindy Ishoy. So we've got some top-notch clinicians. We've got some awesome local talent, which I'm excited about too. Vanessa Salisbury for barrel racing, for example, and Jim Greendike, um, who's a reigning trainer. Jason Irwin's coming from back east, and Roy Sturgeon, there's there's so many. I, I mean I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss saying um, most of them, but there's so much local talent in Canada. So and and they do a lot of clinicians across the line. So it's exciting that we're having them here in Canada. And of course the trainer showdown. So many people come just for the trainer showdown. And then we've got and we've got Jason Irwin in that as well from back east and Trevor Murtis. He's local and uh, Cade Mills. So and I believe Cade Mills just won the trainer showdown last weekend in Lloydminster. So yeah, people are there to cheer on their favorite trainers, and that's always a highlight of these types shows the trainer showdowns to me are really interesting because i remember when i was little watching monty roberts do uh do his thing and it feels like that entire kind of career path and 
that um, area of expertise has grown and now we have these amazing men and women who can compete against each other. Yeah, and like I say, the challenge here is unbelievable in, in um, Canada and more so in Alberta, but, and we've got awesome um, fillies that have been chosen for, for this as well from Rocking Horse Ranch and they, they provide horses quite often for these type of events. So um, these fillies will be auctioned off after the event. There'll be three auctioned off. So you can watch your favorite filly being uh, trained all weekend, and then you've got the opportunity to buy a really well-bred horse that's got some time put on it. So for those who don't know the process, do you mind explaining to us kind of uh, how it starts and then, you know, how it kind of works through the different days? Um, the trainers, um, they will be choosing their horses on Friday mornings, first thing in the mornings. Then every day they have a 45-minute time slot twice a day to work with the horse and explain to the attendees what they're doing and why they're doing it. And then the, the finale will be on Sunday afternoon. Finale will be Sunday afternoon in the Swedes Arena. That will be a couple hours long. And there will be like obstacles that they'll be taking the horse through in different steps, and they will be judged on their final performance. So how many exhibitors and participants do you have coming this weekend? Well, we've got three full floors of exhibitors. The amount of exhibitors, oh, what have we got? There's hundred between 1 and 200, I think 160-something, which is pretty good considering we're coming out of COVID and a lot of people don't have stock. We've only actually got one horse trailer company, which is Vantage, Vantage Trailer Sales, and they're, they're filling up a big chunk of it. But uh, with... with Previous shows like this, a lot of their floor space was taken up by trailer companies, so that becomes a little uh, difficult trying to fill space without them, right? But we've got um, lots of um, lots of vendors coming. Was there any worry with COVID? Was that ever a part of kind of the process, thinking of contingency plans in case you know Alberta decides to make changes again? Well, we kind of we were trying to be positive the whole time. Um, so we just kept going forward, even there, even though there were setbacks, we just kept saying, yes, the show is on, our plans are to keep going, because people want to get out, and they, and they want to be able to experience something like this after being sitting at home for, for two years. Um, and we were really hopeful that things would come together um, with the, the COVID mandates, and yeah, we just, we just kept plugging along and um, thinking positive. We did have a backup plan, but... We were hoping we didn't have to um, to cancel until the next year. So, how long did it take you guys to put this together? Um, we've been we booked the facility back in. It was early May last year that we actually booked the facility and started the the process of getting everything organized, starting to create new paperwork because obviously we started with basically nothing for this show as far as paperwork and processes go. So, the technical aspect like all started last May. Yeah. Year of work, yes. I'm really excited to see this weekend and to see everything going on. So are tickets available up until, you know, the last minute of people walking up to the door? Or how can people come and see this event? So tickets are available at horseexpo.ca slash tickets. Pre-sales will end on Thursday night. And then uh, there will be regular door prices for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, yes, you can walk up, walk in, and buy tickets at the box office. Well, that is, I, I'm excited. Um, is there anything that I didn't touch on that uh, you guys want to mention? Well, I'm sure there is, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. 
We have there's just so much stuff going on here. I mean, uh, we have official Horse Expo merchandise available from Trees Embroidery. We've got, uh, you know, some wonderful sponsors, Sweets. Um, Alberta Equestrian Federation's been great through all of this. They were really early to jump on board. Capri Insurance, um, the Cowboy Shit uh, podcast, which I'm sure you're aware of. They they are uh, sponsoring the Round Pen where the trainers uh, showdown takes place this year. We've also got lots of good menus um, for... Oh yeah, food and food and beverage. Yeah, we have we have the Troubled Monk Craft Brewery here. Uh, they'll be doing uh, the craft brews, the craft beers there. They'll be doing uh, pulled pork and brisket for for eats there. Um, we've got uh, uh, three full bars throughout the facility for you know when your wife's shopping and you need to take a break, or when your husband's shopping and you need to take a break. <laughs> So, yeah, there's lots of opportunity to mingle with friends because there is lounge areas. Um, we did sell out of our VIP yep. um, tickets, so they have a separate area for lounge and uh, for viewing. So, so, yeah, there's lots so, of um, lots of exciting stuff to do. So, j- looking forward, I'm one of those people that does that, and you guys are probably like, we just want to stay in the day-to-day. But would this be safe to say this would be the inaugural Horse Expo Canada? Yep, absolutely. The uh, Horse Expo... This is the first year of many, many years. Uh, next year's dates are April 28th, 29th, and 30th, 2023. Well, there we go. We already have that out. That's exciting. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we do. We've been we've been talking about next year all along, making plans all along, and um, things will be easier. We hope with um, not so many restrictions with COVID and um, and you know, staffing and and, and stock as well for the exhibitors like that was one of the big problems is people finding staffing coming out of COVID and the great resignation here and whatever else is going on politically that we shouldn't touch on but uh, (laughs) you know all that right we we are looking forward to 2023 that's for sure well it's exciting for this year it's exciting to you know hear everything that's going on and hearing what you guys have put into it and then knowing that next year you know you guys have already set the date (laughs) We have. Yep, absolutely. This is this is something that's going to carry on for as long as we can help it. So where can people find you if they are wanting to follow you on social media because they can't come if they're across the province? Uh, for those that can't come, I mean, even if you can, you can still follow us on social media. It's Horse Expo Canada. You'll We're find Horse it. Horse Expo Canada on Facebook. Um, it's Instagram's handle is Horse Expo Canada and so it's Twitter's. Perfect. And your guys' own business that you were telling me about, where can people find that? That's at shopwesternoutfitters.com. We have uh, horse tack, clothing, all all sorts of stuff, Western lifestyle related there. Well, thank you guys for chatting with me and for sharing more about the Horse Expo. But we are so excited to share this and to share uh, another part that shares not only the Western world, but the equine world. That's awesome. We appreciate it. Thank you again to Ryan and Marge for joining us on Women of the Wagons. And, you know, the connection that Marge had to Chuck Wagon Racing is very cool. And I love that, you know, there seems to be like this third degree of separation from everyone with Chuck Wagon Racing or the Western world. And I just, it, it, I love it. It's so amazing. Yeah, I guess that's kind of it for me. Uh, you've listened to me blabber on enough. But there is another episode of After the Ninth coming out, not next week, but the week after. So thank you for listening and talk soon.